celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And it looks like another humdinger of a show today. We have uh, Fred Willard. Actor Fred Willard will be back joining us. I just saw him on uh, Modern Family a couple weeks ago. He plays Frank's, uh, Frank Dumphy, Phil Dumphy's father, father. Frank. Yeah. And I believe that he just got married. On the with, show, It's yes. better to get married on a TV show than to get killed off on a TV show. I think so. So, uh, <laughs> You notice he still looks the same on the TV show that he's looked like uh, since Best in Show. I know. He huh? does. Yeah. I agree. He'll be joining us talking about actors and others for animals. Also on the show today, if you've seen the viral video of Albert the Turkey who hugs people... Strangest thing, I've never seen anything until this video. And, it, and by the way, if you haven't seen it, you can head on over to AnimalRadio.pet or the Facebook page at Animal Radio and check it out. His guardian, Albert's guardian, will be on the phone with us today. Apparently, he's a Hollywood TV producer. Mm, and so he Maybe has, there's big things for Albert. I think there might be. Big things for Albert's future, and we'll find out in just a few minutes here on Animal Radio. Uh, Lori, what are you working on for this hour in the newsroom? Uh, I just got to work out with my arms lifting Sunday and her big booty <laughs> up on her uh, couch here in the I studio. Saw <laughs> I saw that. Also working on telling you about... Uh, a new frequent flyer program, a different airline than what we know of here for pets, wow. and uh, more goat yoga. I've been wondering how much it costs, so I, I found out. Goat yoga is this? Is this if you have a goat and you take it to yoga classes? No, you go to a yoga <laughs> class, and they have they they provide the goats that actually um, do. It's like a Zen kind of nature thing, and and the goats will walk around, uh, or sometimes they do walk on you. If a How's that goes. relaxing? Yeah. I do yoga. I don't want a goat, goat stepping walking. on my head or pooping <laughs> in my face. <laughs> But you notice they're the latest rave. We've heard a lot about goats recently. They're, they're, yeah. They seem to be making the headlines lately. So goat yoga, of course, last week or a couple of weeks ago, you talked about cat yoga. And I understand that mm-hmm. because I actually learned most of my pros from cat yoga. But we'll see how the goats play into this in just a few minutes. You just rushed in here. You, Dr. Debbie, you look very busy today. Yeah, we've had a, you know, spring, summertime, we start to see a lot of other critters that you might not expect at the vet office. So as you're talking about the turkey, I'm like, oh gosh, that's just like a regular day in my office. (laughs) We've already had a duck in today that we were snuggling on. Yes. Um, duck with an injured foot. So we had to get medications and do some x-rays. And then there was, um, there was the raven that we amputated its wing because it was broken. Um, and a good hearted Samaritan took it in and is, um, taking care of it and, and gonna, you know, get it back to a rehabber. Um, so yeah, that and all the baby bunnies and then the snakes with, oh, the heating pad burns that we've seen a couple of those. So. Burns. Yeah, so um, reptiles, um, you can't put heat rocks in with them. And a lot of people know about that, that heat rocks will actually cause thermal burns if they sit on top of them. Um, but these um, two snakes were actually, they got he- heat burns from heating pads. One was one had it in the cage, so still direct contact. And the other one was underneath. But a lot of people don't know that these heating pads that you place under reptile cages, they can't contact the glass directly because it'll actually be too much um, heat through that glass and it'll mm. still conduct it through. Mm. So, yeah, so those are kind of um, tedious because snakes don't heal fast. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a long time to heal them. Uh, a lot of bandaging and well, covering things up. And, what, what about the duck? 
what was wrong with the duck? Um, as far as we could tell, just a kind of a, a strain, a sprain on the leg. Um, no kind of injuries, anything like that. So we're just kind of hoping for the best with medications um, and just doing some antibiotics in case he has some kind of infection in there. He was really cute. My assistant was just walking around snuggling and kissing on the duck and um, it made me think of the, you know, the, the hugging turkey thing because people don't think these kind of critters can show a lot of affection to, to people and, you know, they certainly can. Mm. When you wake up in the morning, you have no idea what's going to happen at the office, do you? What kind of animal you'll see? No, it really doesn't. We don't. Um, And we also see a whole host of wildlife. So, you know, we see a lot of the baby bunnies that are brought in that are uh, either abandoned or people mistakenly believe they're abandoned, Um, birds that are falling out of the nests, um, hit by cars. Um, So we kind of see all those kind of urban hazards, you might say. Have you ever seen a pet crow? Oh, yeah. Uh Really? Oh, sure. I, I love crows. Yeah, yeah. well, crow, I, crows are I mean, so smart. I mean, a raven, the one that we had, it, I mean, it's huge. It actually, it frightened Boss when he walked by it. <laughs> he walked by the cage, and he did like a triple take. He was like, holy cow, that's the biggest crow I've ever seen here. <laughs> he was totally freaking out. But, yeah. uh, what, wait a second, Boss is there at work with you? Not today. No, Nikki's with me today. Um, Boss was here the other day when uh, we had the raven in. But we, today we have a baby macaw in, and um, she also walked by the cage and was like, oh, what in the world is that? And she could not stop looking at this bird. She was just like so mesmerized by it. Now, wasn't it you that told me that you don't have an office pet because it uh, intimidates the other animals or some some crazy reason you don't have the uh, token pet at okay, the office? Okay, yeah. yeah. So I don't like um, dogs and cats that wander um, freely okay. through a veterinary office because okay. of the psychological stress that can cause. Nor would I let my dog or cat, you know, harass another animal. Um, but we were walking into the office, and um, Nikki is <clears throat> sleeping right here at my feet in my office, so okay. she doesn't even go into a cage. She's in my office. Sure, sure. <laughs> you're trained in all of these animals that you're talking about. Um, to the most part, yeah. So when I went through school, we didn't have a lot of this, what they call exotic rotations. Nowadays, veterinarians are graduating with special coursework in exotics, so they can spend time learning just about those individual species, birds, reptiles, um, pocket pets, the little furry ones, as we call them. When I went through 20-some years ago, um, we didn't <laughs> have that. 20-some. Um, we didn't have that, but I had. we had clubs, we had um, off-campus training opportunities at veterinary offices. Um, so we, we definitely had the opportunities to learn and then a lot on the job as well. You think like a regular doctor goes in, he knows, okay, it's either going to be a uh, male or a female, human. We don't always know what uh, sex it is. <laughs> and you can't like go to a YouTube video to figure out how to fix it. You'd believe <laughs> there's so many bad things on YouTube people do by themselves. Oh. Really? Like what? Oh, oh, you can find people, how to ear crop um, how to dock dogs tails, um, how to do artificial insemination. Um, oh my God. All of these things I've had, um, through not directly admit, but clients have done that, um, and found those kind of things online. Don't, uh, don't go to online or Dr. Google to figure no. things out. Heck so what no. they show up in your office and you have to kind of, I guess, clean up their mistakes, right? Yeah. And hopefully the pet doesn't die. Cause we had one where yeah. the person, um, uh, you know, docked a, a puppy's tail and it yeah. became infected and it was going up what the remaining stump of the tail and that's in the spinal cord. So this puppy was at risk for dying because the owners thought, Oh, I've seen vets, you know, do this. It's not a big deal. But when you're not doing it in, you know, the right sanitation conditions, um, you don't have the benefit of sterile, um, situations, antibiotics, um, all of that. And you really don't have the training 
and tissue handling, you're going to cause damage. And this is, you know, fortunately we saved this baby, but not always. Let's head to the phones for Dr. Debbie right now. Before we do it, I want to tell you that this portion of Animal Radio was brought to you by Vetra Science. Summer is here, and you're probably pretty excited. But is your pet, you know, for them it means thunderstorms, lightning, fireworks. Talk about anxiety. No one likes to see their furry best friend trembling in the corner, and that's where Composure Supplement Chews from Vetra Science comes in. And we're going to line four. Hey, Teresa. Hi, Dr. Debbie. Hey, how can I help you today? Well, my cat seems to have a problem. The back of her lower back in her tail is very flaky and scaly, and she just kind of makes a mess like a dandruff, cat dandruff. Ooh, yuck. <laughs> is she scratching at it or trying to excessively groom back there? She's always yes, she's, licking. She's licking at that area. Okay. Right. All right. Well, there's a lot of different things that we might look at, and some of the first things I'd want to really investigate with her would be um, the potential for parasites. And, you know, fleas and ticks are certainly uh, one avenue we'd want to go down and make sure we're on really good uh, flea control. But there's okay. there's even one other type of parasite that we kind of think of, and particularly when we see dandruff on the kind of the rump area, um, right over where the tail is. And there's a type of mite that we actually term uh, walking dandruff. <laughs> and uh, it, it's really kind of gross when you see it on a microscope because it really looks like little pieces of dandruff walking with legs. Um, but it, it is a type of parasite that we can see, and some pets will be somewhat itchy with that, and they'll tend to be quite flaky in the rump. So to check that out, we definitely want to make sure we do something called a skin scraping um, or a tape test. Um, and that's something veterinarians do where we look at under the microscope and we look for creepy crawlers and that's kind of why we get into veterinary medicine because we dig this kind of stuff. But we <laughs> want to make sure that, that we don't have anything like that um, and uh, make sure that's not a possibility because if it is, it's something very simple to treat with the right type of uh, flea medication and or medicated mm-hmm. shampoo. So check that part out. Um, okay. For some more portly kitties, they have actually some difficulty getting to certain areas and they don't distribute their oils on their hair coat really well. So that's where we need to step in and, and do some regular brushing really on a daily basis to help distribute those oils. Um, and particularly if there's mats because there can be dry patches that are associated with those. Okay. And uh, for for some cats, um, just like with dogs, I, you've probably heard me advocate on this show before, is fatty acids are a dietary supplement we can give to dogs and to cats as well. And it can help to keep their hair coat um, in good shape. Um, the trick is that cats don't always like us putting things into their food like fatty acids. And um, they're far more intelligent than dogs, but don't tell the dogs that. <laughs> and uh, But fatty acids could be another thing you might consider adding in to see if that helps her out as well. Okay. Okay. And uh, see if great. that works out. And as long as everything else is going healthy in her life and you know, she's um, not having any signs of illness, then, you know, hopefully this is something kind of minor and we can get her past that with a, a little bit of extra brushing and some of those other measures. Okay. So thank you so much, Teresa. I hope that's helpful. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. This portion of Animal Radio brought to you by Vetra Science. 
Let this summer be less stressful for your pets with the help of Composure by VetraScience. From Glycoflex to multivitamins, your pets will thank you for VetraScience supplements. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. It's Animal Radio. We are just moments away from Fred Willard, back for his third time here on Animal Radio. Also, the guardian of that video you may have seen of the hugging turkey, Albert the hugging turkey, who just goes up to people and hugs them. Very strange, but uh, (laughs) interesting story. We'll find out more about that from Albert's owner in just a few minutes. If you want to talk to Dr. Debbie, it's toll-free, as I mentioned. Also, if you happen to have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or Minnie Schnauzer. She has written some exquisite Kindle books about these animals. How did you pick these four particular breeds? Well, you know, Boss is um, part Yorkie, so that was kind of my motivation with that one. The other ones are just breeds that I particularly enjoy and see a lot of. Okay, so if you have one of these breeds, head on over to Amazon and get the Kindle books. Of course, we have links to everything you've heard on today's show. If you're driving around doing your chores, don't feel like you have to write everything down. It's all over at the website at animalradio.pet. And uh, you were just telling us about foxtails that you were, uh, it's foxtail season, isn't it? It is. And I can't tell you, we've had a handful of cases just in the last week. One, we actually removed from um, the conjunctival sac. So basically inside the eye, under the eyelid. That was very interesting. And then another, we had another dog that had it pretty much in every toe, um, had a foxtail located. It was very matted. So um, a good reason not to allow your pet to get overly grown out and a lot of hair because you don't know what's under underneath there until they shave it. I'll tell you, when we walk around the block here, it's hard to find an area that doesn't have foxtails. And those are like the nastiest things. They are. Yeah, just the design of them. You know, when you look at them, they don't look all that damaging. But, you know, they have that kind of direct one-way direction. So they're like an umbrella. So the pointy end works into the skin or wherever it's going, and then it blooms open like an open umbrella, and it will not come out. I've removed them out of the vaginal area of dogs, Mm. out of their ears. At my husband's office, they just removed some through the endoscope out of a dog's stomach. What do you mean, ate it? He ate, um, like chewed on a bunch and had some in the mouth, but was having problems. So they went down with the scope and found them in the esophagus and the stomach so if they migrate through those areas that means that's going to be fatal because that's going to cause um, an open wound through the digestive tract leaking digestive material into the abdomen or, or into the chest so very bad thing um, so they were very fortunate to, to know that the dog did this the owner saw it do it so they knew that that was very likely the problem yeah, those are yeah. nasty little buggers okay so stay away from those foxtails we're going to head back to the phones in just a second uh, we're about 10 minutes away from a news check from the animal radio newsroom and Miss Lori Brooks, what are you working on for this hour? 
Well, we, we've all seen, the, you know, signs, beware dog on duty, guard dog, or, you know, beware of dog. Um, we're going to give you another option, like beware of iguana. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I heard about this, and you definitely want to watch out. You don't want to have a bad encounter with an iguana. Let's just say, say that mm-hmm. right there. Okay. Which one are we going to? Line one. Okay, we're going to take a call for Dr. Debbie right now. Hi, Cheryl. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Um, I was actually calling on behalf of my mom. Um, she has two male cats. Um, older, they have been neutered, but one has recently started spraying. Okay. And I thought maybe something was wrong with him. She seems to think that he's just upset that there's some construction going on around the house, and so he's doing it for attention. Okay. But I thought that maybe there's an, a problem with him. Alrighty, and do you know the like the situation when he's doing this? Is he um, spraying on walls, corners, or is he going in certain areas of the home? She's never seen him do it, but um, she said it's been on the wall in the living room, and he recently has started doing it in the kitchen. <laughs> That's unpleasant. <laughs> and he's never had any kind of health problem as far as any kind of urinary infection, anything like that in his background? No, he's overweight. That's it. Okay. Ugh. Well, gosh, 80% of the dogs and cats in the U.S. are overweight, so that's a, that's a problem. Um, as far as, uh, do you know, are the kitties indoors? Do they go outside at all? Indoors. Well, some of the different situations when, when we have cats that aren't used in the box that we really got to look at is you got to get basically in the mindset of the kitty and look at it from their eyes. Sometimes it is a um, behavioral problem. They're either marking territory. They are basically communicating with other cats in their midst. So that's a possibility. And there's, you know, there's a possibility we could be having a medical problem. Um, commonly we see urinary infections, uh, sterile cystitis. We see st- stones, um, even things like diabetes and, and kidney problems, which will cause cats to urinate excessively and they'll start to go in other areas. The one thing that you said is that if he's if he's urinating on walls or on corners, that's kind of more of like a spraying or marking behavior. So we'd really have to look at some of the behavioral things going on in the home. And, um, you know, if they're strictly inside, um, I always look or in, in the immediate environment, check the outside area, if, see if we have feral cats, neighborhood cats that are in the area, which might be visiting them, uh, and they can see visually through a window. Um, in many cases, we need to really take those things into, into mind with our indoor kitties, close blinds, um, keep visual access away, because it's basically a chronic frustration for indoor cats if they see those cats or smell them through the doors. So I'd uh, definitely want to look at that. Um, and the other things that we'd look at is the litter. Cats are just as picky about their litter as some people are their shoes. <laughs> so we need to look at the litter substrate, um, whether it's a clumping litter. Um, some cats prefer clay litter. Mixing that up and trying different things. Um, the other thing is that when we look at litter pans, we want to have generally one more litter pan than per cat you do in the household. So I would look to make sure we have three litter pans somewhere within the home environment. Because um, if not, um, sometimes cats have nonverbal communication and they will um, choose to go elsewhere uh, if they cannot get to their litter pan. Another common problem I see with litter pans is we, as humans, like those little covers that go over the top of them, but cats don't always dig them, and it will really drive them to mark or to urinate elsewhere. And then certainly we want to make sure that, you know, we look at, um, you know, any, any potential health problems. So if your mom hasn't taken the kitty in for a urinalysis or a urine check, I, I would really make sure that we do that um, because we don't want to miss a medical problem, 
and, and make sure that's dealt with if it's appropriate. This is Animal Radio, baby. Admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. So when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Korean Air is introducing a frequent flyer reward program for pets. They call it Sky Pets. The program allows pets to rack up points for every trip they take and then redeem them for future free airline travel. They say for every flight that a pet takes on Korean Air, it will earn one stamp. That's how they run their program. And then international trips will add two stamps to their Sky Pets profile. Passengers can, with that program, register a maximum of five pets, but only dogs, cats, or birds for the service. JetBlue, though, here does have a similar program for pets flying in the United States with JetPaws passengers. They earn 300 True Blue points for every flight they take with a pet. And Virgin Atlantic has uh, the Flying Paws program, which rewards travelers for trips with their pets. Traditional businesses have security alarms for protection. You know, the usual code and, you know, somebody enters and doesn't have the code and a big bell or a siren goes off. Uh, but an unusual pet proved to be perhaps more effective when fending off a burglar recently. The sheriff in Warwick County, Indiana, says someone broke into a pet store there and attempted to steal a pet iguana, which uh, didn't go as planned because the iguana refused to be a victim here. According to the sheriff, the iguana took offense to leaving his home. Home and inflicted uh, what was likely a very nasty bite on that person. <laughs> so when the store owner and the iguana owner showed up the next morning, there was all this blood in the iguana's cage and all over the floor. Well, while the store owner was upset that somebody broke in, she says she is really concerned for the intruder. And I think, you know, why? Whatever. But it turns out, she says, it's because if the person didn't go to the doctor or the hospital, you know, maybe they would have needed stitches. But she says, at the very least, that person would need antibiotics because iguana bites are very dangerous and can become severely infected very quickly. Have you guys ever gotten bit by an iguana? <laughs> you get a pretty good infection of... It's like cats. When in the, in the grooming thing, you bit by a cat, you get an infection almost every single time, and you're out of commission for a while. So you've been the, bit um, by an iguana, I take it. Oh yeah, a few times. I had an iguana that um, we raised them from like two inches long, and when it got to be about um, four feet long from nose to tail. Um, when they go into their breeding stage, they turn this, this orange, but they get ornery to males. And, um, he, um, yeah, he, he didn't like to be messed with anymore. And he bit me. And the, the th- bad thing about it is their teeth point in, so you can't pull out. Ooh. And I didn't know Ooh. that. So, Ooh. 
you know, I, I pulled out and made a little mess of my finger, but um, got a serious infection, yeah. It's Iguana and Goat Talk here on Animal Radio. <laughs> iguana and Goat. It's not bad. Well, tucked away in a wooded corner up in southern New Hampshire, Gen S Farm is one of the latest small U.S. agricultural operations to cash in on this social media-driven trend, and a very cute one, too, in which yoga enthusiasts practice while goats climb around, and, and sometimes the goats even climb on the clients who are doing yoga. Peter Korovu, who owns a five-acre farm in Nottingham, which is just north of Boston, said, he toyed with this idea of goat yoga for several months because, you know, it had been going on online. So he finally launched his first goat yoga class this year. They did a practice class first, and he, you know, posted some pictures of it, was just testing the water, so to speak. And he says now the response was so incredible, the phone rings continuously with people wanting to sign up for his goat yoga classes, so much so he's thinking of doubling the size of the studio there at the goat farm, which, by the way, makes goat soap. But the goat yoga sessions, if you're curious, run about 22 bucks a session. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you will be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. And our next guest on her curriculum vitae, I see that she was voted PETA's sexiest vegetarian over 50. Uh, we, that's, that's quite a title to have. We welcome Carlene Montes de Oca to the uh, radio show. Hi, Carlene. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. You have a book out. It's called Dog as My Doctor, Cat as My Nurse, and it's fairly self-explanatory with that. We know that animals are very healing for us. For me, at least, I suffer from anxiety, and my cats, my dogs, they, they really relieve me. They help me, and I know that animals in general help us with our health, and that's the uh, crux of your book, is it? That's correct. Absolutely, um, and also anxiety, depression. I mean, I've had people share stories of all sorts of uh, chronic ailments that they've helped with. We know science keeps show- telling us over and over they're great to lower our blood pressure, to balance our moods, to help with cholesterol. It's a pretty long list. What is your personal story? Well, I have several personal stories, but you reminded me of one when you spoke about anxiety because I went through a 
fairly painful divorce, you know, one of those uh, gut-wrenching, you know, life-altering divorces. Um, And I was going through a lot of anxiety at the time, including insomnia. So I wasn't sleeping. And I felt I had two cats at the time, and they were amazing. They just not only helped soothe my stress, but since I wasn't sleeping at night, one of my cats was at work with me during the day. And he always let it be known when it was time to take a cat nap. So he would just, uh, we'd go lie on the couch, you know, lock the door and it, I would get to sleep and it was so healing. So my, my cats personally helped me with that. And I also had dogs that helped me a lot with loneliness when I was a kid. Oh, well, that's great. My cat actually causes my insomnia. It's, <laughs> I, I noticed it could work yeah, both ways. Yeah, when it wants to be fed at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so a lot of us are on medications. There's a, 70% of us, I guess, are on at least one prescription drug. How have you seen animals help us in that aspect? When when I am looking at, uh, you know, so many of us, one in four of us will unfortunately succumb to some kind of heart disease. So beforehand is when I'm always hoping that people will start taking their health into their hands and utilize all the ways that animals can help us, you know, lo- lower our blood pressure before we go on the blood pressure medication or help us get out and exercise before we get start having to take the diabetes medication. And of course, you know, with anxiety, I do, I've spoken to many people who have, you know, had emotional things going on and they are no longer having to take, you know, the anxiety medications because their animals have, you know, helped soothe their own, their own healing. We could learn a lot from our dogs, can't we? I mean, I look down at my dog and she doesn't really care about uh, paying the bills or what's going to happen 10 days from now. She lives in the moment. And that's like a lesson that I take away from it. What other lessons can we learn from our animals? You know, that's such a big one right there. You know, and I'd hate for people to just jump over that one because it's so big. So many of us are, um, you know, think of all the stress that's going on. And I don't know about where you live, but suddenly there's just so many more cars on the road and everybody's stressed about finances and about politics and about this, that, and the other. And we forget that in the moment, so much of, we can let so much of that go. So when, I always think to myself, when you take a dog for a walk, they don't go to just get to the other side or to finish or to hurry up. You know, you got 20 minutes and we're done. They go for the experience of that walk and they open up all their senses to the experience and to be in that moment. So, you know, that's, that's, that's a huge lesson right there, you know, in terms of, um, being present. So the gift is in that presence. Mm. Lori, our news director, reported a few weeks ago about having an animal as a youngster, as a, as exposing children as they're growing up to animals makes them stronger immune-wise? Yeah, we have found that uh, having animals in the first year of life seems to strengthen a child's immunity in term, and helps with allergies, helps with asthma. So uh, we we definitely see this uh, going on, you know, and and we see also, you know, it's not only in as a child, but also as we age, you know, there's many there's benefits to being happy, you know. When think about every time you laugh, that's a nice boost to the immune system right there. When you smile, when you feel good, which animals help us do all, you know, so much of the time. So the book is called "Dog as My Doctor, Cat as My Nurse." I'm thinking Judy, poor Judy is sick today, and I'm wondering how animals could have helped her. Yeah, could they help me with my cold? (laughs) Well, there you go with the immune system, right? Yes. (laughs) And some sleep. Yeah, I'm going to go take a nap with my dog after the show. 
That sounds good. I have 10 copies of the book to give away. If you're not lucky enough to get on through at 1-866-405-8405, head on over to Amazon, look it up. Dog is my doctor, cat is my nurse. Carlene Montez de Oca is the author, and she's joining us. And we appreciate you spending time with us today. Oh, it was my pleasure. I enjoyed myself very much. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. Fred Willard is on the way. On the phone now, is this is very special. Has anyone seen the video of Albert the Hugging Turkey? Of course. I have. I have. This is an amazing <laughs> turkey who's just the most friendly turkey. Comes up to people, hugs them. Puts his, takes his arms or I guess his wings and wraps wings, them around. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's made a viral video and we have Albert's guardian on the phone with us. Brant Pinvidic is joining us. Hi, Brant. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Thanks, guys. Well, now tell us a little bit about this turkey and how did you meet the turkey, first of all? Well, you know, it was a, a contractor of mine that asked me if I wanted a turkey for Thanksgiving. To eat. And when I, yes, okay. like I wanted to go to the farm and pick one to butcher it myself because uh-huh. that was his buddy that had this farm. And I thought that was like, that's crazy. But then I thought, man, it'd be kind of fun to rescue a turkey on Thanksgiving in sort of like a little ceremony, be good for the kids. And, you know, we already had chickens in the space. So I thought that'd be great. So I went out there and picked a female and a male and brought them back to the house. And, you know, when you have, we, our chickens are free range. They kind of wander around during the day. So I had to, you have to lock them into the coop for a couple of weeks so they know where their home is so they go there at night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so on, it coincided Thanksgiving Day was going to be the first day we were going to get let Albert and Princess out. And the other birds run into the yard and uh, like away from us. And Albert just followed me to the house. And he just <laughs> he paced around the house. And I went out there and I sat out there and he just came up to me and I didn't know what to think of it. And I was like, is he going to peck me in the face? <laughs> And he just wanted to sort of like hang out and cuddle. And it's just weird. It was really weird. And then the more time I spent with him, the more he got used to us. And he just wants to be around people. That's all he wants to do. Wow. That is very strange behavior for a turkey. Now, the, the video that I've seen out on a tennis court, I believe, or a basketball court, is of Albert coming up to you and extending his wings. Is that something that uh, you were able to teach him or did he just automatically do that? Oh, no, that was just completely on his own. Um, you know, I don't, I wouldn't know how to teach a turkey anything. So, um, he just, the more you get to know him, know him, used to him, the more he wants to interact. So that was just sort of like, you know, his, his new thing of like, Hey, pick me up, like, hang on to me, be near me, pay attention to me. It's been, it's really, it's, it's a, it's a strange thing, this bird. You have some other animals there, including, uh, dogs. How do they react to Albert? You know, the interesting thing is Albert doesn't act like a prey animal. And so the dogs are a little kind of freaked out at first because they're sort of, they send the signal out like, I'm a dog. What are you? 
and chickens normally run away like crazy. So they're like, great, I'm chasing you. And Albert's like, basically buzz off, you know, like I'm not interested in you. I have no, you know, and he just sort of sits there. And so the dogs kind of shuffle off and within about 10 minutes, that's the end of it. They just never think of him again. They just move along. So now they completely get along completely normally. So you're obviously not a vegan if your friend was going to have you select a turkey to butcher. So how do you eat meat in front of Albert? <laughs> well, we're off turkey completely. My daughter's a complete vegetarian. We're moving that direction. This has just been a lot of new stuff for us. You know, we're not – I would not categorize us as animal rescuers or activists, you know, by trade. This has just sort of grown on us as we started. We rescued a couple of dogs and – that went really well, and we rescued a couple of cats and another dog and another dog, and then we rescued some chickens, and then we rescued the turkeys, and now I got five horses that I rescued. So <laughs> it's sort of just building as we go, and uh, I'm just started Albert's Foundation, Albert's house, and I'm going to try to help, you know, place dogs that need uh, foster homes oh, or wow. forever homes. So this is all just coming new, and so as I move towards that. Um, I'd love to be a full vegetarian. It's just I got lots of vices I got to get through. <laughs> so, and that's one of my lists. You and me both. So you have a female and a male. Are you going to have baby turkeys? Well, we do have baby turkeys. You do? Yes, we hatched two baby turkeys, Scout and Elizabeth, and there's lots of them online on Albert's Instagram and Facebook page. And they're about five weeks now, and they've done really, really well, and they're ridiculously friendly. I see them and I and I hold them every day and they fly to me and they're just well flap to me they're not big on flying. So they've been amazing and then I rescued a baby mallard from one of Albert's Facebook friends had reached out and she had found it in the yard. <laughs> and so I I uh, I didn't know that rescuing a wild animal like that uh, comes with a lot more work and vet bills than <laughs> than rescuing one from the pound or whatnot. So that was interesting. And then we rescued a, a little rabbit from a, one of my son's friends at school. So now I've got all of them in one little coop and they're doing great. Now I have a bit of a gaggle at the house. What, uh, what does your wife think about this? Um, well, partially she's used to my sort of antics. I, I'm a pretty <laughs> intense guy. So when I get something on my brain, things just magically happen and strange things happen a lot around my house. So she's kind of used to that, but she's a big animal fan too. I think her biggest thing is the mess that I let them make. I make I let them make a big mess and Albert walks the house and he poops everywhere. So oh. that's a big thing too. So Oh yeah, that's yeah. gotta be tough. Yeah. So what's next? Well I want to do pigs. Uh-huh. Um we we my neighbors <laughs> oh, have like pigs. pigs. <laughs> we rescued a pig and, and I'd like to rescue a donkey that but the pigs are a thing because people buy those teacup pigs and they think they're going to be miniature pigs. And then guess what? They're not so miniature anymore. So in that viral video of Albert hugging, is that you that he's hugging? Yes, it is. He and I, we spend a lot of time together and he just, he will follow me anywhere. He just wants me to pick him up. He's the happiest he can be when there's people at the house. We do a lot of entertaining here at the house and whenever there's a party or kids here or we had a wedding here with like almost 200 people and he was in heaven. You know, he just loves that. He loves being around people. Where can people learn more? Um, at Albert the Turkey on Facebook or Instagram. We'll, uh, you just find a plethora of videos and pictures and lots of information. I post most of my animals on there uh, daily. So, Brant, we thank you so much for spending time with us. And, of course, we salute you for what you're doing for the animals there. Well, I certainly appreciate that. And you guys keep up the good work. 
Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you save $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. This hour on Animal Radio, the amazing actor Fred Willard, who's dedicated his life to animals. I mean, just a great actor, but he's also doing so many things for the animals. This is his third time here on Animal Radio. Very funny gentleman. He'll be joining us in about 20 minutes or so. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Oh, sad to report, but the the dog flu is back. Oh, yeah. It, it, can can humans get the dog? Flu? Maybe that's what I have. No, it's a different type of flu. Different it, type of flu. Can it affect cats? Cats can get it, but um, and there have been some documented cases of them acquiring it, but they don't really show the same clinical disease. They just can carry it. Mm. And I understand this breakout that Lori's going to be talking about is in the Florida area. Last year, there were some big dog shows that were canceled because of the dog flu. It was in was Chicago. It? Was it in area. Chicago? I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's crazy that you mentioned that, Lori, because um, at our office, we've actually started requiring that for our boarding patients. And some people are like, huh, what's the dog flu? Never heard of this. It's not the fall. It's not the winter. We don't have to worry about the flu. And, um, you know, it's it's on the radar. It's out there. And um, so how do you test at the office? Well, um, there are tests. Um, you, the problem is you have to time a lot of times the testing at the time when pets are shedding the virus, which is really oftentimes before they're actually showing symptoms. So some of the, the more effective ways of testing are in that first week when they're sick, when they kind of look like a kennel cough pet. So it may not always be looking all that bad right at the beginning because it does look so much like all these other respiratory infections that they get. It's a series of two shots, right? Correct. If, if a pet has not had the vaccine before, then they need to have a boosting on it. So they have it initially, and then the second vaccine is in two to four weeks after that first one. And then it goes on to an annual vaccination. Um, and there's different, you know, varieties, um, of the vaccine. Um, you can have just the old, um, H3N8, which was the original strain. Um, we now carry the bivalent strain, which contains that also the, uh, H3N2, which is the newer strain that came out, um, in more recent years. Um, so yeah. So we've had. I'm re- so glad you said that. I wouldn't. I, you know what? It because it does kind of go off the radar. I remember they had their their shots, but now it's like I need a booster for that. Yeah, and, and you know, canine influenza isn't necessarily a risk for every dog. So you know, we should talk about who who's at risk for it. And it's really dogs that are exposed to other dogs. Um, go to the dog park. You know, go to the groomers. You go boarding. You go to dog shows, competitive athletic events like agility or fly ball, things like that, where they're around other dogs. That's um, maybe a dog we need to talk about vaccination for this. For humans, there's a flu season. Is there a season for the flu for dogs, or can it just happen year round? You know, it can happen year round, and we don't tend to see like um, the massive, you know, winter time where everyone in, in the area is getting the flu. Um, it's kind of more focal um, hot pockets of the canine flu that can happen. Um, but the you know, it seems to be a lot of times Florida, um, California, um, Arizona has had um, a lot as well. Okay. More details on that coming up with Lori Brooks in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Let's go to which one? We haven't given four any love today. Can we okay. do that? Okay. Let's do that. Line four for Dr. Debbie. Hello. 
Hi, Kim. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Where are you? Um, Jamestown, New York. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Oh, good. Dr. Debbie. Hi. How are you today? Oh, if you can answer my question, I will be thrilled. Oh, golly. <laughs> well, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, I have got two female cats. Um, they're between the ages of three and five. And they have got like a, a shaking disorder, kind of like Parkinson's. When they run, they'll hop, like in the back end of them. They'll sit okay. and eat, and they'll, they'll shake the whole time they're eating. And I was told that it might be a virus of some sort, but I've never heard of it. Um, now, the one had a litter of kittens, and the one kitten is pretty severe, and the other ones have got it, but it's not quite as bad. Interesting. So just so I can back up, you have two adult cats that are both doing this kind of trembling type thing? Correct. Yeah. And then one had a litter and all the kittens are doing the same thing? Exactly. Interesting. And do you have the male kitties as well? No. No, these were kind okay. of strays. Yeah. And um, are these kitties inside or outdoors? Well, they were inside, but they want to be outside. Um there's not really any too many males around. I don't know where one came from, but... Well, it happens. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if I can get them fixed. I mean, if it's a neurological disorder, can you fix them? Yeah, and, and it's really kind of interesting. And I wanted to ask you also um, about a flea tech products, anything like that that you've been had in use in the home? Nope. There's no chemicals anywhere, not even in my flowers or, or nothing that they could have gotten into. Oh, goodness. Now, there definitely are some types of infections that we would think of, and there's basically two routes that I might be thinking of, something that they've acquired, whether it be an infection or a toxin, or something that's more on the genetic line, um, because just because of the, the quantity of the kitties that are having that, and because they are related, uh, that definitely gives me some concern that either which scenario could be involved. And um, for a genetic-related um, problem, there are some poorly understood diseases. And, and this is where veterinarians, we try our best, but with right. some of these rare conditions, you know, they aren't always well reported. But there are some neuromuscular problems, things um, like a muscular dystrophies that can happen. And a lot of those, they tend to be a little bit more in the male cats than in the females. Um, but there are some diseases, and, and that is definitely diagnosed more by a muscle biopsy. So, you know, that's a little bit more going on the different end of things. The other thing, and you mentioned the infection possibility, and I, I would definitely look into this. And um, there are some di different viruses, um, fungal organisms, um, and also protozoa, which are little microscopic critters. And any which one of these, there are some things that can cause types of neurologic problems. Um, so definitely I would, I would encourage you to see your veterinarian. Um, we want to check for things like toxoplasma, um, the viral disease called FIP, and um, a fungal infection. And, and some people will actually start antibiotics um, just to kind of get started and kind of treat for a hopeful bacterial infection or the protozoal infection and, and hope that that might get better in the meantime. Um, and that would be something that I would definitely encourage as well. 
Um, and then we might have to do some blood tests. This is where it's kind of like CSI for um, animals right. in that um, it, it does take some different steps. And, and I would have to say, you know, I, I'm intrigued and I would love to know more, but it, it's probably going to take looking into some of these different types of tests for um, FIP or toxoplasma or the fungus, which is called cryptococcus. Those would be the things I'd really want to look at. And because they do go outside, that is a possibility for them. Um, and that, that and would make uh, it hereditary, too? Not hereditary, but something that they potentially might be exposed to altogether. Um, that would be more if they're in the same environment. And, and that, you know, we're, if even if you throw five to ten cats in the same environment, it is a little bit unusual for each and every one of them to get that same disease. So that might say, well, if, if every kitty that is in your household has this condition, I'd probably lean towards the genetic if they're all related. Mm-hmm. But if you have cats that aren't involved and yeah, they don't do. have this condition, you, you do or you don't? I do. You do have cats. And are they related to these other kitties? No. no. Okay. And they're all fine. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of like, you know, it's kind of makes it a wi- bit wishy-washy. It doesn't give us a lot of, you know, strong exactly. weight either way. Yeah, so, um, you know, definitely, like I said, this is a little bit of a CSI thing. Um, and, you know, I'd start with looking for some of those things we can test for. And then, you know, maybe look at something to check for some of these genetic things, which, like I said, more of a biopsy might be involved. Um, but, you know, hopefully that'll get you to the bottom of it. And and that's really interesting. Let me know how uh, how that turns out and what you find out. Would it be okay for them to spay and neuter the animals until, uh, before they find out what the deal is? Because apparently there's it, some some animals that haven't been yet. Yeah, and I'd say um, as long as they're in good health and, you know, I do basic blood work first, make sure we don't have any other problems. But, yeah, I would certainly, if everything looks good going into the surgery, I'd get these babies spayed so we're not reproducing okay. more. Yeah, and see, then, well, um, even my vet didn't know if, if you know, if it was a neurological disorder, if spaying them with uh, anesthesia and stuff would, you know, 50-50 chance. Yeah, I just think we got to get these babies spayed. <laughs> we don't yeah. want them. If it is something genetic, yeah, we don't really want to be passing that along. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you know, just helping to decrease pet overpopulation, we all need to do our part there. So, and that might be an opportune time for, you know, them to do some other things, you know, whether it be do a muscle biopsy or, you know, get some other blood work together. That, that would give them that opportunity to do that with the kitties in the office. So, okay. We'll definitely look into that. We'll talk to my vet and go from there. Right, <laughs> give very us something good. to go on here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Will you keep us posted? Let us know what you find out. I will try, yes. Thank you very much for your time, Kim. And thank you. Well, this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more over at RedBarnInc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey everybody, this is Brett Michaels, and I just want to say, you, right now, want to take, wait, give me the line again, my brain skipped. <laughs> Brett Michaels. And... I just had one of my brain hemorrhage brain farts. Oh, Go don't ahead. do that, say don't that do that. I don't want to be responsible for that. Trust me, it's me. Go okay. ahead. Animal Radio, Brett Michaels Animal Radio. You got it, I knew the Animal Radio, like, okay, here we go. Hey, this is Brett Michaels, you're listening to Animal Radio, and take care of your pets, they will rock your world. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. 
On any given afternoon, neighbors might see David Valentine and his two goats jumping up and down on his backyard trampoline, and it's got them hopping mad. Twelve-year-old David has lots of animals: dogs, cats, guinea pigs, rabbits, a turtle, a parrot, and a gerbil. But it's the trampoline jumping goats that seem to help him manage his attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. David's family is now fighting the neighbors and the town zoning law in court. David's mom calls the goats a miracle and a gift from God. David thinks the goats motivate him more than the other pets because they're like a kid with ADHD. They don't listen very well. That's kind of like me, he said. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because Canine Caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with Canine Caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. Hey, it's Alan Cable with another dog tip. I go to the dog park a lot. Sometimes I even bring my dog, and I see people there communicating with their dogs like they would another person, talking to them like they're human. There's nothing wrong with that, but just so you know, your dog has no idea what you're saying. Your dog will never learn how to speak or act like a human, but you can definitely learn to speak dog. Your dog watches. Watches you a lot. He's studying your body language. Do you carry yourself like a strong, confident, and compact leader, or do you get frazzled easily? Your dog is very sensitive to your state of mind. Dogs are always trying to find their place to find themselves within a pack. If you're a strong, confident, secure pack leader, you make that job a lot easier for your dog. So your dog will be much calmer. We've all seen the dogs at the park that are barking constantly and acting like nervous wrecks. That's because they are. Most of the time, dogs like that have been forced into the position of being the pack. Leader, and that's just not comfortable for them. They need you to step up and be the pack leader. And how do you do that? Well, by learning to speak dog. Your dog watches what you do. He's not concerned with your words. So if he enters the house first, he's in charge. If he walks ahead of you on a leash, he's in charge. If he disrespects your space or other folks and jumps on you, he's in charge. If you let him bark like crazy and run amok, he's in charge. The question is, how do you become the pack leader? It all starts with leash training and knowing how to give your dog a correction and only praising for the desired. Behavior. When he doesn't, you ignore him or you correct him. What is a correction? Pretty much, it's like a tap on the shoulder. You're redirecting the dog's attention, putting him in the frame of mind you want him to be in. It's really important that you walk your dog, get all that energy out. It'll make him calmer and easier for you to train. You want him to walk at your side or behind you, not in front. Let your arm be relaxed down at your side, no tension, with a little slack so that you can flick your wrist when you need to and cause a correction. Of course, you're going to need a choke chain or something similar. You might have to correct him many times before he gets the idea. He needs to walk right by your leg and not pull, but he will get the idea. Use the heel command a lot. Just that one word. Just be consistent. Don't lose your patience. Be calm. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. It's Animal Radio. We're celebrating the connection with your pets. 
toll free. It is 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And uh, we're looking at the Fred Willard hotline. It should be ringing any second now, and he'll be joining us for his third appearance here on Animal Radio. And I believe he's talking about actors and others for animals and the Fritz Coleman experience. That's what they should call it, the Fritz Coleman experience. <laughs> ha- happening in uh, Los Angeles in just a few days here. He's always fun. He's uh, And, of course, you know, we all look back at him as uh, being in Best of Show. He was like the kind of crude commentator from the... Uh, mm-hmm. The, the movie, but I love that movie. That is so funny. But don't mention it to him because that's like the that's that was years ago. He's done so much since then, and we see him in all the time now in all kinds of programs. Uh, but he's a big animal lover. I don't remember if he has any animals though. I don't remember. We'll have to ask him in just a few minutes. Uh, before that, we're going to check in with news with Lori Brooks. What do you have for this hour? Uh, I have it. I have to tell you about this this viral posting on a, a cat that has garnered so much attention, but there's um, there's a word in it that I'm going to have to warn you about beforehand, how because you might have to beep it out. Okay, Just parental discretion advised <laughs> for this uh, upcoming news story. That's on the way, and we're just about to take some more calls for Dr. Debbie. This portion of Animal Radio brought to you by Venture Science. Summer's here, and you're pretty excited. I can tell. I see it in your face. But is your pet as excited? For them, it means thunderstorms, fireworks, lightning, a lot of anxiety, and no one likes to see their furry pet full of anxiety. That's where Composure Supplement Chews from VetraScience comes in. I understand we have Carol on the line. Uh, Harold? Hi, Harold. I, I mixed up Harold and Carol. There, I, there seems to be a very significant difference in this case. Harold, you are on with Dr. Debbie. And this is going to make a big difference with the question from me and Harold and Carol. Um, <laughs> I just went in and had my vasectomy done. And why is it that we castrate dogs and remove the testicles instead of just doing a vasectomy and leaving the hormone-producing organs? Alrighty, so your question was in regards to uh, castration uh, versus vasectomy, and in animals, why we pick one over the other, is that correct? Yeah, I mean, it seems like you would do the vasectomy and leave the hormone-producing organs, the testicles. Well, and, you know, I'd kind of say that if we castrated uh, more humans out there, we might have less problems, but that might but not be politically correct. But the reason we do that in dogs is because we want to minimize the effects of the testosterone, the bad effects, and that namely being that we'll see dogs with uh, high testosterone levels that aren't castrated may have more problems with aggression, where they may start more fights, may not be as suited into the hierarchy of the dog in the household uh, family situation. So we want to try to minimize those effects of testosterone. So if we just do a vasectomy, that just kind of makes them not have babies. <laughs> so we want to make sure we still address that hormone problem. And, and also there are some, some other very important things that by when we avoid the testosterone, we remove that source, it, it has a lot of health benefits too. And um, for a dog, if they're not neutered, those testosterone levels stay up high, and they can create some problems with the prostate gland. And this is kind of where the parallels with men come into play, because as men get older, they have a benign prostatic hyperplasia, and that's kind of fed by the testosterone. With dogs, they can get that same thing, but we can actually prevent that by neutering them. And for the most part, they don't complain about it. I say more male owners complain about that um, than the pets actually do. What do you think about that, Harold? 
I'm say, in that case, I'm glad I went to see my doctor instead of my vet. Yeah, well, probably, <laughs> good, probably a good idea. We have a different... Uh, pragmatic look out on uh, for the veterinary concerns has been the animal concerns because it's really more than population control. We want to address what, what's going to be important to make the pet a healthy, happy family member. We don't want to throw other things in the mix that might make that difficult for them to be a uh, acclimated pet. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. This portion of Animal Radio brought to you by VetraScience. Let this summer be stress-free for your pets with the help of Composure by VetraScience. From Glycoflex to multivitamins, your pets will thank you for VetraScience supplements. Get away the Italian way in the new Fiat 124 Spider. With up to 164 horsepower and 184 pound-feet of torque, the Spider is the perfect performance vehicle to rev up for a top-down kind of summer. Visit your local Fiat dealer today. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. At least seven dogs in Florida have been diagnosed with a potentially deadly dog flu. If you don't remember, it's a highly, highly contagious virus that popped up in 10 states a couple of years ago in 2015. These dogs, in this case, are being treated over at the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine, and health officials suspect that they could be dealing with at least another six additional cases All of the dogs said to be in stable condition, but several did have to be hospitalized. And now, uh, despite not being transmittable to humans, the dog flu, did you know this, can be passed on to cats. Most cases are not fatal to cats, but if it goes untreated, the virus can go into the lungs. It progresses into pneumonia for cats. But symptoms in dogs include loss of appetite, usually always a big clue to something not being right with your dog, uh, loss of appetite, fever, and lethargy. When sick dogs cough or sneeze, they say their germs can spread up to 20 feet through the air. And that's how other dogs get it. Well, the BLM, or the Bureau of Land Management, which is part of the federal government, spends about $50 million a year to house and feed more than 46,000 wild horses in burrows, in corrals. And it's estimated that another 73,000 wild horses in burrows get to roam freely across the western U.S. But for those of us who are animal and nature lovers, here is the really bad part. President Trump's proposed budget for fiscal 2018 suggests using humane euthanasia and and unrestricted sale of certain what they call excess animals. In other words, killing these animals, the horses and burros, to cut the cost. Although the last U.S. slaughterhouses uh, closed in 2007, horse meat processing plants in Mexico and Canada, they still slaughter tens of thousands of American horses each year and then export them to Europe and Asia. And despite the ban of it being done here in the United States, and that was back in November of 2015, federal investigators found that a Colorado rancher to whom the government had sold 1,794 American wild Mustangs that he turned around and sold all those horses to a slaughterhouse in Mexico. Yeah, not a pretty business. 
Social media has been a boon for homeless dogs and cats. And look at my Facebook page. You know, always <laughs> you'll see dogs that are up for adoption needing a home and cats too. Animal shelters and in rescue groups. It's, you know, it's a good thing because they can quickly get their photos of adoptable animals in front of, you know, thousands, if not millions of eyes. And if their pitches are clever enough, hey, it could go viral, right? Well, taking it just a step beyond that, there's an Australian rescue group that recently decided to turn the adorable photos and video approach on its head, literally. Um, instead of emphasizing, you know, how cute and cuddly or intelligent that a, a, a pet was, this one sleek black cat that we're talking about specifically that they had, what they did, the director wrote an adoption profile for this cat that made the cat sound downright nasty. Uh, she wrote his profile, his bio, saying, Mr. Biggles, also known as Lord Bigglesworth, is a bastard of a cat. Can I say that? But she says she was simply using her many years of advertising and marketing experience when she wrote the profile. But still, she says, hey, I was telling the truth. I did not exaggerate. He is a tough old tomcat. The ad, it turns out, was a, a masterful piece of reverse psychology because the rescue, they say, has been inundated with so many adoption applications now for Mr. Biggles that they haven't had enough time to go through all of them. But you know how like girls like a bad boy. Yeah, and everybody thinks, oh, my God, how could they speak so terribly? I will take this kitty and love him. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently he is a tough old guy. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Let's head on over to Jesse. Hey, Jesse, how are you doing? Uh, my dog is like 22 years old. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, he's a uh, long-haired Chihuahua, German Shepherd. Okay. I've had him since he was uh, six months old. Okay. And uh, his problem recently is he's been scratching a lot, and we can't figure out what it is. The vets can't figure it out either. He has no feet, no ticks. You know, he's very well taken care of. Mm-hmm. I guess so. If he made it to 22 years old, he's got to be taken care of well. His dad was 24. Holy moly. Yeah. And uh, so I can't figure out what it is. And I've um, tried everything, even putting alcohol on him. Oh, don't do that. That'll burn like a bejeezer. Don't do that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was trying everything everybody told me. Yeah. And, don't uh, do that. But he itches really bad, and he's so red, he's lost his hair underneath his tummy mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the back of his legs. 
Okay. Right. And, I, and has he ever done this before when he was younger at any, any no, other point? No, not at all. It's just uh, in the last three months that's when he started. Okay. And like I said, I've tried everything, and the doctor's given me uh, uh, medication for the itching, but it doesn't go away. He's still itching. Okay. And he's got a couple of growths on him. Uh, they're not big. They're small, but it's, you know, it looks like a little cyst. Okay. In the areas where he's red, is there, you know, any sores in those areas? Or what's the skin look like? It's just very red, and and it's irritated now. It's got little bumps on it. Mm, okay. All righty. And then um, is he the only dog you have? Uh, is any no, other I have head in the home? one. I okay. have another one. And, and is that uh, dog okay? He's fine. All right. So in an in an older pet who's never had any kind of skin problems, and we're starting to see what you're describing, there's a couple things that really come to mind. If you're in an area with um, parasites like fleas, ticks, um, you know, I, even if you don't see them, I do advise to make sure we do um, a therapy, do treatment for that. And there's different ways that we can go about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the two big things that jump into my mind with an older pet is one that at that age, we are... Um, commonly immunosuppressed. There, there can be things going on in the body that are causing some degree of health problems, and it can take the body's energies away from other things, like the skin. Mm-hmm. So it isn't unheard of for an older pet or a sick pet or even a puppy who has a developing immune system to have problems with mites, which mm-hmm. are invisible. Um, I shouldn't say invisible. They're microscopic parasites. Yeah. They're especially invisible parasite. Ooh. <laughs> but they're only picked up by... Um, either skin scraping tests that your veterinarian would do or even biopsying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would make sure that they have tested him for that. And even if they haven't found those kind of mites, then I would even encourage a treatment round where we treat for uh, specifically the scabies mite um, okay. because that is more common in immunosuppressed, young, old. Um, and that would be an important thing to at least go through that trial. Um, mm-hmm. There's different ways we treat it. Um, revolution is one. Sometimes a medicine called ivermectin. Some of the newer medicines like Nexgard can help treat for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one important thing. The other thing in an older pet is unfortunately there are some types of skin cancers that can have associated with them um, a degree of itching, hair loss, and where the pet feels miserable. Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing we truly have to get a skin biopsy to diagnose. But um, cutaneous lymphoma is a type of um, lymph cancer which actually can occur in the skin and mm-hmm. pets will have crusting, redness, hair loss, they can be horribly itchy, um, and uh, it's really important to find out if we have something like that. And okay. so that would be something, a skin biopsy um, with an older pet um, or any pet can be done still quite easily without having to use anesthesia. We can use just kind of like if you go to the dermatologist, they give you a little injection of a, um, anesthetic in the area, and then we just take a, a little piece or two of skin, and it allows us to get a diagnosis. So that, that would be the other thing I would really encourage you to look at having done. Um, because it sounds like nothing I can tell you over the phone is going to necessarily stop this itching. There are some things through the veterinary office, and I don't know in your area if they have it, but um, you know, there's a lot of anti-itch medicines that we can use that are helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times if I have a pet, I have, think it has a lot of stuff going on in their skin, I'll make sure they're on an antibiotic. I give them something for itching um, like um, Cytopoint, which is a anti-itch medicine that works for about a month by an mm-hmm. injection. And then sometimes 
medicated shampoos. Um, and, and I think it just means taking a little bit of some skin sampling to, to try to get those answers for you and get, get your baby more comfortable. Because my goodness, mom, 22 years old. Mm. Uh, I have to, you are doing an amazing job raising those babies. Well, I make their, their dog food. And they must live a low-stress life. Jeremy Shepherd, he's got to be so cute. Jesse, we wish you the best of luck on that. If you need to call back and do a follow-up, we're here for you. Toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget you can also ask your questions for the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. And for his third appearance back on Animal Radio, we welcome Fred Willard. Hi, Fred. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. We, you know, we were talking just a few minutes ago. First of all, just okay? Sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hear the enthusiasm. Do you have any animals of your own? We did have a cat um, that uh, went to heaven. It, it was kind of a, it wasn't really a rescue cat. It kind of found us. I think it, he'd been abandoned in the neighborhood, and he came around. My wife started feeding him, and next thing she knew, um, she said, Fred, we have a cat. So uh, <laughs> he was a wonderful, very sweet cat. We had him for about six or seven years. You know, last hour we had this guy on, I don't know if you've seen this video online, but this guy who has a turkey that hugs. He's actually Albert the Hugging Turkey. Oh, that's great. Have you thought about maybe a turkey, adopting a turkey? <laughs> I, I think that would be great for you. That would be a novelty, yes. So coming up in just a few weeks, Fritz, <gasps> Fritz, Col Fritz Coleman is doing an event at the El Portal Theater. Yes. And uh, it's to raise... Attention to, yeah, what is that? July 23rd is for Actors and Others for Animals, which is an organization you've been involved with for a long time. Yes, uh, my wife is a member on the board, and I'm, I'm also involved. And uh, both of us, you know, anything for animals. In addition to that, we, we get involved in all the animal things, PETA, Farm Sanctuary. Uh, it's, it's just a wonderful charity to be involved in. It is, and it's a bunch of great people, including Joanne Worley, who's uh, uh, been president for a long time. Yeah, she's terrific. Yeah, there's no term limits. Uh, <laughs> that went out with Roosevelt, I think. Yeah. Well, she's doing a, a wonderful job, and the organization uh, brings attention to the spaying and neutering uh, situation. Yeah. Uh, of course, there are so many animals that are uh, euthanized simply because they are homeless. Yes. We are thinking that from now on, we just drop all those animals off at your house. Oh, all right. We've just recently moved, and I'm not sure our address. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I would love to have a, uh, a a whole. I would love to have a farm and have a whole uh, yard full of uh, dogs that were abandoned. And uh, uh, I always had a dream of something like that, but uh, I think it would fill up pretty pretty quickly. I'm I'm always very suspicious of shelters that um, put animals to sleep. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, I just don't like the whole idea. 
Yeah, well, you know, we're becoming a, a bigger no-kill society now, yeah, a lot that, of shelters. That, that's good. And I I see more and more people are adopting uh, abandoned dogs and uh, homeless dogs, and it's, it's just wonderful. And uh, what's also encouraging people will go down to a little pound and uh, not just say, oh, this is sad, this is, but actually adopt them and uh, bring them home, and they make wonderful pets. Are you a dog person, a cat person, or, or, or do you lean one way or the other? Mostly dog. I had a dog, uh, a puppy when I was a little boy. Uh, I love dogs. Cats, I, I'm just a little, um, what do you call it? Uh, they, they Afraid make of them? sneeze. <laughs> oh, allergic. A little allergic oh, to aller- cats. The cat we had wasn't so bad. It was a short-haired, a tic- I guess they call him a tuxedo cat. Um, but I love cats, but... Uh, Dogs uh, are, are really my favorite, and there's so many animals. We have a friend who lives in Nashville. She tells us she has pigs, and she explains how very intelligent these uh, animals are, these pigs. I've noticed that lately. There's a lot of people that are adopting pigs and goats. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> well, but goats, I don't know about goats, but pigs are um, highly intelligent animals. And um, Any animal, you know, they can't speak for themselves. They can't defend themselves. You're staying pretty busy. I saw you on uh, Modern Family a couple weeks ago. Yes, they married my character, and uh, so we had the um, the bachelor party one episode and the wedding another episode. Yeah, that's a, that's a good show to be on. It certainly, well, heck yeah, it certainly is. You've been, uh, you know, I, I I mentioned Best in Show a few minutes ago, and my uh, producer said don't don't mention it to him because that was so long ago. But I just love that. That was great. It was a wonderful movie. Yeah, and, and again. Uh, uh, dogs were involved, but uh, I, I didn't work much with the dogs on that. If it looked like I was working with them, it wasn't. It was all movie magic. But, yeah, I, I love them. I've uh, seen some of those Westminster dog shows. They're a lot of fun. And the owners all are very tender, very loving uh, towards their animals, which uh, I was pleased to see. That is awesome. So are you going to be at this uh, concert coming up? On- I, I would like to. I love Fritz Coleman. He's got several different shows that I've seen. This one is... Uh, it, let's say I think it's called Getting Older Isn't Pretty, but it sure is funny. Now, I'm not getting older, but I can surely relate. You, you know, well, we you all know, have friends who are getting older. You know what I mean? You know, I look yes. at your picture, and I think that you you look the same that you've looked for the last 30 years. Yes. H- how do you do that? What's your secret? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't do too much. Is it something you're eating, maybe? Well, I, I like to eat, so that could be it. There you go. That's a... Uh, that's a common theme I have. Maybe I'll look like that when I get old. <laughs> Fred, we appreciate you spending time with us. Thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate you talking about it. And it's July, what, what do we say? It's July 23rd. It's a Sunday. Have you been to that El Portal Theater? Oh, yeah. It's a wonderful theater. I think I'm pronouncing it right. It's El Portal. El Portal or El, po- El Portal. It's an old-fashioned theater. It was a movie theater way back. Okay, I'm going to put all the information over at AnimalRadio.pet. Thank you, Fred, for joining us today. We hope to do it again. Thank you. Okay, we're just about out of time. Remember, if there's anything on today's show you have questions about, heard, and just want to hear again, or just need information about it, you head on over to our website at AnimalRadio.pet. And, of course, as we always say, download the Animal Radio app for iPhone or Android now. It is a free app and a great app to have on your phone. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, who does the turkey noise? I loved Albert.
This is Animal Radio Network. Network.